the opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the Internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It is Thursday, May the, oh my God, 17th, 2012. Uh, This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, joined by Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. And uh, how's the day, Dave? Uh, You know, so far, uh, so far, so good. We're about uh, 50 degrees heading to 63, gorgeous uh, sunny skies, so... Yeah, could be a little warmer, but if that's the big problem I have, it's a uh, first world problem indeed. Serious first world problem. You know what? (laughs) Now that you mention it, there's some serious first world problems going around, well, all around the stock world these days because people have to make the decision, oh my goodness, do I buy Facebook? Do I not buy Facebook? Wow. Isn't that a first world problem? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so i mean like seriously there's two things to talk about today and I I, I I there's we can't avoid either and i don't think there's a lot of room to talk about much else i mean facebook's ipo happens tomorrow they're looking at valuing themselves at like 105 billion by the time the day is done and you know there's a little bit of shakiness in um, in facebook's camp we have some invest we have some investment analysts saying don't touch it with a 10-foot pole then we have other investment uh, analysts saying, yeah, well, I'll touch it with a five-foot American. Um, <laughs> it, that sounded a lot funnier in my head than it actually did coming up my mouth, you know. Um, that's one thing. We have fa- some Facebook advertisers not, you know, figuring they aren't getting their money's worth and pulling back. Uh, GM pulled $10, $10 million worth of advertising away from Facebook uh, just on, on Tuesday. And Coming up, we have an interview with uh, Micheline Maynard from Forbes magazine on, on just that. And, and the other subject that we we, we got to talk about is Knowledge Graph, uh, Google's new way of presenting search engine results. Um, huge amount of stuff. And I guess we should just jump right in with Facebook. Um, tomorrow, we find out. Either we're living on a bubble or uh, Facebook is, in fact, a solid foundation. Um, you know, b- before we get into analysis and, 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 and jawing this thing to death, Dave, what's your, what's your gut instinct? If, say it was 35 to 38 a share. Would you buy? Uh, no. Really? No, and, and, and I think, you know what, I, should, I just realized I hadn't uh, jumped into the chat room yet, so I'm going to do that and, uh, and, and pop in the link uh, that I'm going to talk about. Uh, Marco Evans over at, uh, over at Forbes wrote a great piece yesterday that I think it, it hits exactly what my belief on, on this is, and it's funny the way uh, 
or ironic, I guess, the way you uh, mentioned it earlier, are we living in a bubbler or does it have legs to stand on? Um, I think in this case, we're, we're going to hit a bit of both where it is, the, the buzz is there, the hype is there. Um, they're, they're going to make an absolute killing on this, but they're going to do that because we're in this bubble. <laughs> right. I mean, in, in, in my opinion, I mean, looking at all the acquisitions that are going on, looking at the, at the, the dollar value of these acquisitions, which, it, you know, in my opinion, in a lot of click cases, is just ludicrous. Um, I think it's 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 a situation where and, and as Mark points out, where, um, you know, great, you, you know, there'll be a lot of investors who will get in there right now because now's the time to do it. It'll go public. The, you know, the, the feeding frenzy will begin. And all the people that are buying now who are intelligent investors will basically be bailing. I mean, he didn't say it exactly that way, but I, I think that's the gist of what he was trying to get at in uh, in his piece. And, and what he's covering there is is exactly what I see happening. There's There's no... I mean, I, I always put it to real world companies and go, if GM, and we'll, we'll be talking about them in an interview, but if GM uh, had, a, had an annual earnings the same as Facebook's, there's no way they would have this kind of valuation. So basically, it's a situation where because they create ones and zeros, all of a sudden they're worth more than a company that actually creates something. Um, and, and to me, I mean, you know, you and I, we both create ones and zeros for a living. There is an intrinsic value in that, but to put a value so far above annual revenue, uh, in a case like Facebook is, is to me just, uh, it's just ridiculous. And eventually that has to end. It just you know, can't I'm, continue on. I, I, sometimes when it comes to the information to it information technology companies and, and the value of their quote unquote products, um, I'm just, I, I'm flying off the cuff of my sleeve right now. So just, just quick warning. I'm not positive where I'm going with the statement yet, but <laughs> I think, see, Facebook's product is not ads. Facebook's product is not, at least not ads exclusively. It's not information about its users exclusively. It's not the users themselves exclusively. Facebook's product is actually much harder to put your finger on because in one sense as an advertiser to me facebook's product is eyeballs as a marketer facebook's product is the information i glean about those eyeballs as somebody looking at the it world facebook's product is um extraordinary and continuous innovation that continues to attract those eyeballs um and as somebody who's just interested in being a web surfer and having fun in this like wonderful endless environment, Facebook's product is all the information I get from it. So where are, what are we valuing exactly? In one sense, all those I mean we're talking nine hundred million people who log in at least once a month, most of them far more frequently than that. That's like, you know, a sixth or a seventh of the world population. Those are eyeballs. That's um that's a lot of product when you think about it. Um, at the same time, no one's really learned how to harness advertising to those eyeballs. And again, we're going we're, we're to talk about GM and their experience in a few minutes. Um, so what is the, uh, you know, what is the, 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 the actual product we're valuing when we look at a group like Facebook? It's like, it's like looking at, I, I remember when Charlene Lee years ago um, 
2005, was it, when Google, yeah, 2005, 2006, when Google did their IPO. Mm-hmm. And Charlene Lee quite wisely wrote, but there are one trick pony, which in fact Google has proven itself to be over and over and over again. Google is a, a platform that served ex- that serves extremely profitable advertisements. But they're not just a one-trick pony. I mean, like, this is Google. They're, you know, they're much bigger than the one-trick pony, but really, what's, where's their revenue come from? But look at what happened with their stock. Started at about $75, $78 a share, and now it's sitting in the 600 range after peaking out $750, $800. So, you know, it's... I'm not disagreeing with you that, that you should be wary of Facebook stock, especially since it feels so bubblish. Um... But at the same time, I'm not positive that we absolutely understand the products we're talking about. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, but you know, I'm going to put it, and because we have the interview coming up, um, I, I'm going to put it back in, into the automotive world. I was driving down the road uh, last week with, with your friend of mine, Mr. Uh, Rob Gagnon, um, and, and a Maserati uh, tore down beside us. Now, let me tell you, that thing got eyeballs. It was awesome. Look up the stats. Ford is the top sales car. Now, which of these two things deserves more? It, it's it's like this is a case of we uh, of basically Facebook and a lot of internet properties being able to go. Yeah, we we haven't made a lot of money. I mean, in in the context of what they're asking for, Facebook's made a lot of money. Don't get me wrong, but in the context of what this oh. IPO is is valued at or what the company's valued at, they have not made in in real world brick and mortar company dollars. These these two numbers don't sync up. So they're basically presenting this idea of, yeah, we haven't made enough to warrant that, but hey, we got a lot of eyeballs, and I'm sure we'll figure it out. Well, to me, that doesn't cut it. I mean, we we all remember the the original tech bubble burst, um, and and it was built on the same thing. We we saw it even in in sort of a different way um, in the banking crisis and then the real estate crisis. We saw the same sort of thing. It, it was this this thing built on an idea, and as soon as that idea faded, and as soon as the idea sort of lost its luster, the entire system collapsed. And that's going to be my concern with people as they launch into this investing. I think as a short term investment. Great, um, you know it, it. It will do it as long as that bubble doesn't burst before you get a chance to sell. Well, I got to say, I am down with you there. I, I totally hear where you're coming from on that. Uh, Facebook is uh, currently the coolest, neato place where I'm spending far more time than I should, and uh, you know, taking in a whole bunch of information. But will that be the really cool, neato space tomorrow, or will it be a little bit like the cool, neato MySpace is today? You know, like what's going to happen? Um, well, see, so, so, I, I I love that analogy. I think that's an absolutely fantastic analogy. Uh, and so, yeah, so you're investing in something that uh, I mean, ask ask Rupert Murdoch what investing in the social media is all about. He'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, or or just bug his phone. He'll be he'll be bitching about it to his wife one day. Um, similarly, ask Justin Timberlake what what investing in social media is all about. He just threw in I what was it thirteen to thirty six million dollars in uh, the purchase of MySpace, and can't say that we've heard a lot to to say that that investment is turning around for him. But then again, who knows? Maybe maybe there's uh, something in the background that will propel that network forward, and and maybe Facebook has some stuff up their sleeves. We've been hearing rumors that Facebook is going search. Yeah. Um. So again, maybe th- maybe there's something under the hood that they're 
not sharing yet. Uh, if I were them, incidentally, I'd, I'd go IPO and then come out with a couple really cool innovations. Uh, preferably ones the users don't carp about too much. <laughs> um, because uh, the, I do think that once Facebook does its IPO, it's kind of got a problem. Um, remember what I was saying earlier about not knowing exactly what their product is? They got this, they got that, they got the, they got the eyeballs, they got the information about the eyeballs, they got the advertisements that they're surveying, etc. Yep. Well, investors have to be looking at this and, you know, wondering exactly what the big deal is, aside from the guy standing on the side of the road with the megaphone saying, look over here, look over here, look over here, there's hype, there's hype, there's hype, come and look at me. Well, that makes a bunch of people look. I mean, marketing 101, get the people's yeah. attention, you're probably going to get the people's money. Facebook has you know, done wonderfully to get our attention. And you know, another really neat thing about Facebook, um, one thing they haven't done is make a huge mistake. They've made minor mistakes along the way. But, I mean, seriously, it's been five years now. Four years, maybe. What egregious... Uh, there was one, um, uh, 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 their advertising platform, that they pulled back on almost immediately, like like Google with their previous social networks. Um, <laughs> I, sorry, I'm spacing the name of it. Um, Bell something. But... Uh, Aside from that, I can't think of a major mistake Facebook's made in its young history. No, no, that is, I mean, to their credit, that's a that's a great call on your part. I mean, yeah, there's always a little bit of an uproar when they change the layout and things like that. But, then, you know, then we all settle in and, and we get used to it. And, hey, there we go. Um, and, you know, and then, crazy, we end up discovering that, you know, in a lot of ways they were right. Keep your, <laughs> Again, it, keep no your innovative hands off my timeline. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, they, they do it and, and, and we end up, you know, begrudgingly having to do it because that's where all of our friends are. And then, you know, later go, oh, it, it is easier. Um, and they haven't made any major mistakes. And I mean, we can see and, and we'll be talking about it in a minute. I, I don't know if we need to go to commercial break first, but, um, you know, the, the, the stronger integration of Bing uh, with Facebook, which I don't think is is going to prove itself to be a, a problem. In fact, I think there's going to be a, a lot of additional value added to Facebook, to their credit. So I'm not trying to bash on Facebook. Great place to advertise. I just don't see the valuations here. Uh, and, and I think it's going to be a big, big win for Bing. Okay. Um, so, I, but, I want to jump in on this after commercial break, absolutely, because there's a little bit to explore, a little bit to talk about on that. Um, before we go to commercial break, though, you, you know how uh, when you're... When you, when you're uh, well, actually, I don't, neither of us have done this ever. But when you are issuing IPO, you have to write a uh, long precis on your company to the SEC, right? And this becomes sort of like an open, an open, open dossier, open file for investors, so they can really check you out. And one of the things the SEC wants to know is what risks or challenges, external risks and challenges, might you face. Um, in the next five to ten years, I can just see Zuckerberg sitting there at his desk, little you know, little half smile across his face, writing Google Plus, ha ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> 
anyway, on that, uh, on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Friends, you are listening to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. We're going to be talking Facebook IPO. We're going to be talking GM and Facebook. We're going to be talking Google Knowledge Graph. But first, we've got to be talking about these commercials. But we'll be back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. Rise links and web indexes. Take a bow to the largest link map in the world. Majestic SEO. Majestic SEO wields its virtual sort with speed and accuracy to deliver detailed reports of your company's link data and that of your competition. Let Majestic SEO make you your own king of Internet marketers and join the crusade of clients and agencies that have chosen the noble choice for link intelligence. MajesticSEO.com Maximize ROI to use your time and let Majestic wield its mighty sword. MajesticSEO.com. It's good to be king. In 500 yards, CPA Way will be on your right. You have reached your destination. On the interstate of Internet marketing, CPA Way helps you monetize the way. No matter which direction you're heading, CPA Way is your route to low-risk revenue. Advertisers, we have paved the way to delivering revenue channels that will meet and exceed your expectations. Publishers, we monitor and manage your campaigns to bring you the most revenue possible. Publishers can feel secure to leverage direct offers, while advertisers can find safety, offering their most valued campaigns. The road to trust, respect, integrity, and honor is just ahead at CPAWay.com. Podcasting at the speed of sound. WebmasterRadio.fm, a flamethrower. WebmasterRadio.fm, we're everywhere. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Welcome back to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. We're joined by Micheline Maynard, uh, a contributor to Forbes magazine specializing in the American auto sector. Her blog at Forbes is called Voyages. She's also a regular writer for the New York Times. Micheline, welcome to Webcology. Thank you. Um, I just want to jump in really quickly. In a post to your Voyages blog at Forbes magazine on Tuesday, you suggested that GM pulling its ads from Facebook might have had more to do with GM's buying demographic than an indicator than it was an indicator that Facebook provides a poor advertising program or platform. Was was I correct in my interpretation? Well, I think that's one way to look at it. Um, if Facebook were yielding buyers for General Motors, if it was creating the connections that they're looking for, I doubt very much that they'd be pulling $10 million in advertising. But Facebook's demographic is essentially women 
and younger consumers. And General Motors just doesn't do very well with either of those groups. You've also written a, a very interesting piece um, just just earlier last month um, covering the vehicles most popular with women, vehicles most popular with men. Uh, not surprising, vehicles with men tops off at the Porsche 911. But would it be safe to say then that other uh, manufacturers would have much more success launching into Facebook? Or could it be that a, a company like GM, which maybe looking for new markets, uh, just doesn't have their marketing message right in, in trying to attract uh, a new demographic. Well, GM is facing the same problem that a lot of car companies are facing, which is that people under 30 are not as inclined to buy vehicles as maybe their older brothers and sisters or their parents or their grandparents. This is a demographic that's hard for everybody to reach. Um, GM's having a particularly tough time trying to reach it because a lot of its vehicles are just out of economic reach for a lot of these consumers. And also, it hasn't really found the right way into a market where people are, they're looking to add a vehicle to what they already have. They're not looking for the vehicle to express their whole personality. What about Ford, Chrysler, Toyota, or other automakers? Are they having more success with Facebook advertising? Well, Ford is, absolutely. Ford seems to be very pleased with what they're doing on Facebook advertising. Um, my colleague Dale Buss wrote an article about that for Forbes, so I'd recommend that people take a look at that story as well. Um, you know, I think Facebook isn't the only game in town for many car companies. They really have their um, their mix spread across a bunch of different social media platforms. But you know, it's one thing to create a Facebook page, and it's another thing to get people's attention through Facebook ads. And it's one of those things where if you're a targeted buyer, they've got to get you to look at it, they've got to get you to click on it, and then they've got to get you to actually be interested in their vehicle. And that's a, you know, that's a pretty uh, tall thing to get over for them. You listed Ford as, as an example of a company that is having success there. I notice in this case they're also not on your list of vehicles most popular with women. So what is Ford doing um, that is attracting the right market? Or is their spend less and they're targeting you know, a, a smaller audience but trying to hit the, the men over 30 um, and just uh, with a far reduced spend? Well, I think one of the things that Ford is doing is that it has been very aggressive in using social media. Um, they call Facebook a critical part of their mix, but Ford jumped very early into reality television. So in the States, it's a big sponsor of American Idol. The American Idol can, uh, contestants actually make ads for Ford as part of the show. So at least in the minds of a lot of people in the young demographic, Ford is a company that has given it a try. Now, they're not, nobody's super successful and nobody uses Facebook as the only thing, but Ford is having a little bit more success than General Motors is having. Detroit overall might have been, you know, down on its luck a couple of years ago. Um, nevertheless, the auto industry continues to be one of the heaviest ad buyers, like in the known universe. Does the GM Facebook decision have a bearing on other forms of online advertising for the auto industry? I think the auto industry is a little bit perplexed by online advertising, just as many retailers are. One of the issues with online advertising is that it's such a fast way to appeal to people, and a car is a very major purchase. So you're spending at least, and now the average price in the U.S. is $31,000 for a car. And I'm not sure that anyone is going to make a 
decision on a $31,000 object by an ad that flashes by them for 10 seconds. So it's one of those issues where car companies are trying to figure out what the right combination is. How do they go after people? Do they use television, which, of course, they still use? Do they use digital? Do they use newspaper or magazine, radio? What's the best mix for them? And social media has come along to just make that whole situation a little bit more complicated. And could this be an issue, and you uh, will understand the demographic of of car purchasers uh, certainly far better than I would, could this be an issue of almost quasi short-sightedness to to chase the bottom line could gm rather than trying to view this as this led to a conversion tomorrow uh take a a longer term approach and try and implant in in the younger audience's brain that you know ford can be a sexy vehicle this should be the vehicle you should buy so that five years from now when they're ready to make that decision uh they're doing it or or was this a a good move on their part to just sort of pull the plug or 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 will we not know or sorry gm on uh, on pulling the plug would there be an argument i guess i guess i'll just word it this way to to make just one question would there be an argument for taking a longer term approach and rather than just trying to uh trim the budget for sort of next quarter results um take a longer term approach and and gear these ads at a demographic that isn't necessarily going to purchase now but you know like uh, you know in your vehicle's list like porsches for men is gear this for something that down the road you know four or five years from now when they are earning enough money to spend thirty one thousand dollars on a vehicle um that the first name they're going to think of uh is gm right The whole issue of car buying is going to be different for people under, I'd just say, 40 than it is for people over 40. Um, When you have kids, it's a different thing. When you're by yourself or just married, you can maybe get along with one car. You can maybe get along with a used car. So it's a much longer-term horizon that the car companies are facing than they've ever faced before. I mean, we can pretty much assume that very few people in their 20s are now going to be buying new cars. So they have to skip over the approach that they would use for people in their 20s and probably skip right ahead to their people in their 30s. And the thing you have to remember, too, is that women who make up half the car market buy cars for very different reasons than men do. Um, Women are on different parts of social media than men are, and there has to be a different approach for women buyers versus male buyers. So you might try to disguise a car as sexy to a male buyer, and you'll miss half the market. You know, I had one more question, but I'm sorry. You just you just opened the door to a, to a, to a wonderful, wonderful question. Um, just, did GM just misunderstand Facebook? They just, they just got the mix wrong? You know, that's a good question. I, I'm really not 100% sure. $10 million in the course of General Motors ad buy is nothing. It's essentially two days of spending for General Motors on advertising. It's a drop in the bucket. But one of the things that happens at big companies is that you don't always have the folks who've made the decisions, um, you know, stay in that position. So it could have been that someone was looking, we've got to cut $10 million out of the advertising budget. Here's Facebook. Let's, let's cut that for a month or something like that. And it's one of those things that might have just happened as a cost-cutting move and nobody realized the implications of it. Um, I really don't think that you can give up on social media at this point, and I really do think that as you're trying to build a relationship with younger buyers at this point, you have to be on social media. 
Otherwise, you're not going to be where they are. And the car companies have found that they can do what's called guerrilla marketing. They can um, go to events. They can show up on your block. But that's a lot more time intensive and expensive than it is to use something like social media. Well, uh, I guess this is, this is the last question. And, and, and speaking of implications of a decision, um, on Friday, uh, Facebook is hoping to issue what it, what, what, it, what it expects to amount to a $105 billion IPO. Do you think GM's announcement is going to affect the uh, share prices of that IPO? No, I don't. I think Facebook has bigger issues than General Motors dropping $10 million in ads. There was a poll that came out, I believe, the other day in the U.S. that showed that half of all Facebook users don't really trust Facebook. Um, it's one thing for investors to buy your stock and try to make a quick dollar on it. It's another thing to get investors to stay with your stock for a long time. And, you know, we saw all kinds of excitement about other IPOs, about the General Motors IPO, about the one that Google had, about the one that Groupon had. And in some of these cases, you drive the price up at the beginning and then the price drops after people get a real look inside the company because, you know, we don't know anything about Facebook. And now Facebook is, will be a publicly held company and we'll get to find out things about it. So I don't think GM will have much of an impact on the stock price. I think Facebook itself will be the biggest determinant of the stock price. Well, uh, Micheline Menard, uh, contributing uh, contributor to Forbes magazine. Uh, your blog at Forbes is called Voyages. And uh, friends, go, go, go check out uh, Micheline's blog at Forbes. Uh, Micheline, thank you so much for spending time with us on Webcology today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Okay, friends, that was uh, Micheline Menard, a uh, blogger and writer with ForbesMagazine.com and Forbes.com. And Dave, I mean, like, you know, what she says makes sense. Uh, that was, I, mean, I remember when we read the news on Tuesday about, uh, I remember giggling about uh, uh, Facebook's IPO coming out on Friday and uh, GM de- defecting with its advertising dollars to, what, nowhere's land. Um but she's probably right. It's going to have very little effect on on what people think about when they're when they're making their 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 purchase decision tomorrow. Um, I'm surprised that we kept it, that we kept it together when she mentioned the Groupon IPO. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I do think she's right, and it's it's almost uh, on point with sort of part of my my problem with things right now in this Facebook IPO or, or really illustrates it is, is this this generalized mentality to, you know, eh, 10 million here, 10 million there. Eventually it adds up to some real money, but this doesn't really matter. Um, you know, any other company losing a $10 million contract. Yeah. Hey, GM, if you really, I, we'll do it for five. <laughs> Just give me five million a month, and I will scream your name all day long. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, uh, just you know, imagine for the sake of it. Facebook suddenly has a whole whack load of money. And, and something we, we've got to put our fingers on. We, we've been throwing around the figure $105 billion, $105 billion. The IPO itself is not going to be worth $105 billion. The IPO itself is probably going to be worth like 16 to $20 billion, but it'll put the value of Facebook um, up in the $105 billion range. But, you know, let's just think for a second. Facebook is going to have like... Eight to sixteen billion dollars cash on hand, cash to play with, to 
bolster its networks to uh, pick up uh, other to do some M and A mergers and acquisitions to either like bulk up the services or more likely bulk up their patent hold. Um, where do you think you'd be going if you were Facebook, Dave? What would you be thinking? What um, what do they need to survive um, the next three to five years in in this environment? Well, what I'd be thinking, I guess, you know, if somebody all of a sudden dropped... Oh, sorry? No, you're here. Okay, okay. I thought I'd cut out there for a second. Um, I guess what I'd be thinking... I mean, first, I, I wouldn't be able to do very much thinking, but then eventually the champagne hangover would, would wear off. <laughs> um, and and then, then you know, you reposition yourself and, and figure it out. What, uh, what I imagine they're going to do... Um, and of course, you know, all we can do at this point is speculate. I mean, that's a, that's a lot of money. You can get a lot done. I think your your mergers and acquisitions and, and your specific note on the patent front um, is spot on. Well, um, I mean, they, they just got out of that whole hell with Yahoo, right? Yeah, well, exactly. And I mean, we 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 saw with uh, Instagram. We we know they're they're looking uh, much more specifically at mobile. Good for them. Um, so I, you know, I expect that we'll see some big moves in 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 that direction um one of the things that i think they're they're gonna have a big win on in this uh you know i I just found out about yesterday um is that the announcement i'm sure you've seen it too um related to bing and bing's integration of facebook into their search results not facebook like here's your results but by the listings what have other people thought allowing for that um easy and seamless connectivity between let's call a spade a spade your real social media profile you know google has their google plus the the uh desert wasteland with tumbleweeds rolling through it that i visit you know once every couple days because you know i got up well i'll be honest i visit wow you're a power (laughs) user you're a power user aren't you Um, but, you know, I mean, to, to have that, that community, the, the realization, and they're, they're spot on, um, is, you know, that people are more and more, especially with major buying decisions or buying decisions that relate to our health or, or things like that, um, seeking the advice of friends before we make those decisions anyway. So to allow people that quick connection um, to their friends and, and to their groups and then to show, you know, the reviews and, and check-ins that people might have done in Facebook when I'm looking up, say, you know, restaurants in Chicago because I'm making a trip there. Well, if I know, you know, Jim has has gone to this restaurant, you liked it. Hey, you know, links, you know, right to your to your comments on it or, or whatnot. Great. I mean, this, this is a, a real enhancement as far as I'm concerned. I mean, you know, I, I kind of ragged on on Facebook a bit earlier, but that's only in the valuation side of things. I think this move um, is absolutely brilliant. And I mean, while it's going to be a huge win for Facebook and, and the users there, uh, I think it's going to be an outstanding win, win for Bing, like to, to provide me a search environment where I can now connect um, directly to to users like my friends um, in, in a seamless way. And I know most of my friends are on there because when I post stuff, you know, there's comments on it within minutes. So I know I'm going to get quick feedback if I happen to be looking at a set of search results or asking about a specific restaurant or, or, or whatnot. Um, but I think one of the things that this really earmarks, and we're going to go back a few weeks in, in our conversations here, um, with what they're doing here, it really, in my opinion, um, lends itself very nicely to the e-commerce, like the, to this to be the, the first test of when we show a result set of something, how do people interact with other users on Facebook? Right now, it's in its simplest form, a search environment where people would be checking in on, on one thing. Uh, but to, I can see that quickly 
um, you know, and by quickly, I mean, you know, a year or two, but um, advancing into into an e-commerce environment where people now have this capability to connect with their friends to see products. You know, I, I just purchased a, a wireless router for the office here. Well, a new one, but, um, you know, I can now review it. I, I'd be more apt to review it knowing that my friends are going to be interested in this if um, if an e-commerce environment you know, built into Facebook um, now, was really um, taken off. Now, folks who are listening, I just want to note something. Uh, Webmaster Radio has a chat room where we drop links, we type messages, we you know sort of augment augment the radio show experience by uh, you know providing you details to our sources. And I'm about to drop a link in to the Webmaster Radio chat room. Incidentally, that's webmasterradio.fm uh, slash chat.html. Go there, and you'll be able to see the link I just dropped in, a uh, link to an Information Week article um, talking about exactly exactly what you're talking about, the integration, uh, a proposed integration between um, Microsoft uh, Bing search results and um, the firehose stream of information coming out of Facebook. And I'm going to take a stab at the question I asked you a few minutes ago, Dave. You know what I'd be doing if I was Facebook? What's that? I'd be chasing Yahoo. I would be chasing down that search technology. I would be chasing down a deal with... Because, like, okay, Bing currently has, like, all of Yahoo's uh, search technology. It has their patents. It's got this 10-year deal with them that, you know, locks up Yahoo into a search environment that is making gains in search market share, but is doing so at a snail's pace. Like, Bing is picking up uh, more and more users as the months go on. But again, it's going very slowly. It's uh, the, the, the Yahoo is not making a lot of money off this deal. We know that Yahoo is in absurd turmoil right now. Um, Scott Thompson resigning either because uh, he has, uh, 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 I believe, throat cancer or because i'm sorry thyroid cancer or because he lied on his resume about um <laughs> having a computer science degree uh maybe a little bit of both at any rate we know yahoo is in absolute turmoil right now they have this amazing technology that may or may not have been innovated on in the last five years um but it's still a remarkable remarkable search engine facebook needs a second act it really does i mean it's 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 a it's a phenomenal network but it can't rest on being a phenomenal network. Look what happened to Google when it rested on just being a search engine. It ended up having to play catch-up and making dreadful three or two abortive mistakes and one that should have been an abortion along the way um, in, in trying to play in the social world. So Facebook can't just sit back on being a phenomenal social network. It's got to do something new, and I'm willing to bet that that's something new will involve search because and it's gonna make this one last point i don't mean to be too long-winded but um i've you and i've been in this industry for over a decade each okay we've been around like like since alta vista we've been around since <laughs> pets.com and there's one thing that's remained constant the entire time and, you know, later on in the show, we're going to go with a whole bunch of stuff that's going to make people say SEO is dead. But I'll tell you, there's one thing that's remained constant in my entire professional experience, and that's search. Yeah. It's always been a function of everything, and it's always been what people go back to to find information, even after they've been through the recommendation, um, recommendation from, from, like, Facebook and stuff. People always go back to search. So, like, uh, if I was Facebook... I'd be going back to the well. 
because that's the deepest well out there. And on that, I'm afraid, you know, we, we are, we're just moving through time here. It's 20 minutes to the hour here on webmasterradio.fm. I'm friends, you listen to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO is over there in Victoria, British Columbia. I'm Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media here in Toronto, Ontario. We're going to come back, talk a little bit more about Facebook, but we've really got to get into, like, Google and the knowledge graph. But before we do that, we got to pay for our time. So, friends, stay tuned. We'll be back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. How far do your ads reach? You don't have to fly around the world for the right consumers and clients to find your business. What you need is profit through performance. Location 3 Media helps you to increase your brand's findability and performance. Let Location 3 Media help you create efficient and effective online marketing campaigns that fit your needs and get you results. We know every click starts a journey. Where will your brand be on the path? Visit Location3Media.com. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. MySEOTool.com is your all-in-one SEO management resource. MySEOTool.com makes it easy to optimize and oversee all of your SEO efforts. Line-by-line detailed reports help you identify any problems and show you how to fix them. MySEOTool.com is completely automated. Once you use it, you will see a rise in your search rankings and traffic. Try my SEO tool risk-free today. Go to myseotool.com. Myseotool.com. Start your search engine and put your servers into overdrive. It's webmasterradio.fm steering you into the winner's circle. Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Welcome back to webmasterradio.fm. This is uh, Jim Hedger from Digital Waste Media, Dave Davies from BSOC SEO. My mic is now turned on. And, uh, okay, we've been talking about uh, Facebook's IPO. I'm not sure if there's anything more to talk about that. Dave, I, 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 I really want to talk about Knowledge Graph. I'm on the edge of my seat wanting to talk about how cool but terrifying Knowledge Graph is. What do you think? Where do you want to go? You want to, want to continue flogging Facebook? No, no. We, we, might, we got like 15 minutes left, maybe a little less. So we might as well head in here because it, uh, it is a hot topic. It is definitely worth talking about. Uh, you know, we, we ended last, uh, the last little segment um, on, on advancing uh, and, and uh, new technologies and integrating information into places we haven't seen it before. Wonderful segue. So, well, you seem excited. I've got to ask, what are your what are your thoughts on this before I launch into my rant? Okay, yeah. First of all, I have I I have my own problems with uh, with Knowledge Graph. I'm not sure if you're going to cover some of them in your rant. So, 
Um, do me a big favor. Stop me if I touch if I start sealing your fire, okay? Because I know you're ready to go. Um, first of all, I think Knowledge Graph is amazing. I'm I'm most interested in seeing what it's going to do. But I got to tell you, I have some pretty significant fears um, for publishers and for the nature of the web itself. If Google moves forward with with Knowledge Graph, if it is what I think it's going to be. Um, for people who um, have weren't reading the search media yesterday, uh, Knowledge Graph is going to be well. Imagine if Google went um, went to town on rich snippet information. If it was able to extract the uh, most pertinent research information you might be looking for when you went to any page. Um, the example that was thrown on yesterday would be a search on uh, the 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 architect uh, Frank Lloyd Wright, where you know you'd get. Uh, the correct spelling of his name, his birth date, the, the the date of his death, some of his notable projects, a bit of a biography and resume about him, um, uh, the way he influenced other architects, etc. And this was all presented in a what Danny Sullivan uh, labeled a uh, information panel or a snippet panel. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, I mean, that's it in a nutshell. But when you think about the implications of that kind of information delivery, why should I click through to Wired.com? Why should I click through the TorontoStar.com? Why should I click through to Wikipedia when I'm getting it all off the SERP? You know? And that worries me for web publishers. Like, Google has always been the most competent scraper out there. Um, now, that scraping is almost like... St- not only is it stealing content, but it's taking my actual reason for making the click, and that that, that worries me. But but you know what? I know you're ready to go with uh, with this OMFNG. The sky is falling. Ramp. So, Dave, what do you think about uh, uh, like knowledge graph? Oh well, I don't even know where to begin. But you know what? I, I guess I'm going to start where where you left off. Um, at one one aspect, my my heart, you know, loves this. I mean, it just does. This is a, as far as me as a searcher, just pure searcher today with the information that is available on the web today, um, this is a, a, a great idea. It's been likened uh, and mentioned as a step towards the Star Trek Next Generation computer, right? I mean, it, it just, you know, is it, this environment where all of a sudden you're answering all of my questions, or at least attempting to in, in steps, and you're doing it all, you know, in one place. Um, I, th- I thought me- people noting it was a semantic web was a step forward, but, uh, you know, <laughs> the Star Trek computer, I'll go with that. That's cool. I, well, you know, there win some points with me, of course, as well. But what you talked on there and, and what you mentioned, this idea that it, I am no longer – it's no longer necessary for me to actually, you know, go through to Wikipedia. I mean, uh, we can talk about the social implications of that, i.e. I'm now even more content to grab my information at, you know, to, to go to Twitter, 140 character snippets at a time without actually understanding maybe the big picture of things. Um, I can just see high school students all over the world, their, their information just getting reduced uh, as they write essays, basing it on on, on this type of information and, and, and just the, the, the brain drain that's going to exist. But worse than that, to me, um, is not just the impact on webmasters and, and publishers, i.e., basically Google is taking their content, yes, they're citing it, but but they're basically eliminating the potential revenue stream for these, for these companies. Now, what happens when revenue stream drops, especially uh-huh. when you're, now all of a sudden you're gone, 
you can't provide the the same quality content because you can't pay to to have your writers writing it. You can't pay. You know, the, the interest in in people to produce this content is gone in something like Wikipedia, which which you know it relies on donations. So okay, donations are down. Yeah. People, the, the editors are down. So now, not only do we have an environment where they're not getting the credit. But the sources themselves are getting weaker, and because they're relying on the authoritative sources, I, I, I see a world where the most authoritative sources start to dwindle down, uh, reducing more our, our, the, the impact of the Internet as a whole. The, the fact that the Internet is this wonderful place where we can see a vast amount of knowledge, if all of a sudden the revenue from the sources providing that knowledge is dwindling and they can't provide the great content they have been, now they're not, now the entire structure of, of the knowledge graph starts to weaken. So now it's a bad infrastructure. Now the the sources of information on the internet are reduced. And now high school students have even, re, you know, further reduced attention spans like video games weren't bad enough. Well, um, you know, I ironically, mean, but, you know, I, 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 I agree with you all the way. And ironically, we've been here before. Google did the exact same thing. And again, this is, I don't think this was Google's fault or intention. But Google did the exact same thing to the newspaper industry by drawing up the classified ad section. Yeah. Uh, with AdWords. And we've been here before. We now know that we have, that it costs too much to send somebody to cover the war zone in Afghanistan. And so many people don't get a first person view of what's happening in a clearly important important place to, to, to gather news and information similarly um, newsrooms are are laying off reporters because they can't afford to pay them any longer you know they can't afford to pay them living wages and we end up with news quality like the Huffington Post um, I love the Huffington Post I'm a lefty but oh my goodness that is not good news coverage it's just regurgitation Right um, now, to their if I can go to their credit, because I've 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 slammed, and and there are a vast number of concerns that I have regarding this, and and many of which we won't know for for say a year or two from now. Now, to their credit, as far as me as a human being and, and collecting information, some of the enhancements that it enables. In one of their examples, you know, you start it at Leonardo da Vinci. Funny that they didn't put him as scientist, but but painter. But you know, nonetheless, he, he did both extremely well. I think of him more on the science front. But um, and then because they had things changing, you know, you may also be interested in, and they're providing this supplemental type information mm-hmm. that's not directly related to the original source. I did find that interesting where, you know, in one of the examples they post on their site, they have Vincent van Gogh and then they have other, um, you know, including da Vinci, um, other artists of the time, some of the paintings that he did, things like that. My mm-hmm. concern there, of course, is I've got it all in one place. I may not go any further and, and, and my information isn't going to expand. However, I may end up gathering information that I wouldn't have otherwise because they're connecting in and being able to pull from a world of, of, of searches and, and a world of information and go, people who like Vincent Van Gogh also were searching up this or pages that contain information on him also contain information on these artists um, and, and providing information on them. So there are some wins and losses there. Indeed, but, although if Google starts doing the analysis for us too, what's the point of having a university student? I just don't get it. I mean, like, honestly, I'm not, I'm not trying to be facetious. I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm not trying to, you know... Um, undervalue Google's contribution to the knowledge pool, but in some ways, Google is like the uh, GPS of, of the information world. People don't remember directions anymore. They GPS it. So 
you know, if your GPS is lost, you're screwed. Similarly, if Google does the analysis for us, what's the point in learning to do analysis? Right. You no, know, valid. Drives me crazy. Valid point. Um, I mean, it, it is all clear. Now, one great thing I, I think this will be useful for, and I think you and I can agree, we've sat in, uh, in bars together with a bunch of SEOs having conversations off topic about, about this or that. This will be a, an incredibly fast way to answer those stupid trivia questions <laughs> ask ourselves an idle conversation in a pub. Um, but, I mean, you know, past that, it, it doesn't seem to be providing any, any significant information. And I worry for myself as well if I look up um you know any of the great you know mary curie or or you know any of these these great thinkers of of our time or or people who who provided a lot of great information nikola tesla is one of my favorite will i go further and see all the great things he did or will i go hey he's born here died here you know had x number of patents all right i'm done yeah indeed and you know nothing that's that's quite worrisome and unfortunately we done it we did it we do it. I'd love. I I could say ten things to what you just said, and I can't because we're out of time. Um, we got about a minute left, and there's just a, a couple a couple announcements I want to make. Um, SES Toronto's coming up, friends. If you're in the Southern Ontario, Northern New York State, or anywhere in like you know, say Michigan, Ohio, or what the hell, anywhere on Earth, Toronto's a great city. SES Toronto's a gay conference. It's coming up on 11th to 13th of June. Um, Today, May 17th, is uh, International um, Do Away with Homophobia Day. Uh, it actually had a much more eloquent name, but um, don't remember. Oh, Eradication of Homophobia Day. I want to mark it with an announcement. The announcement's simple. If you're, getting, if you're out there getting bullied, you're young, you're going to get older. I'm going to get older. People are going to respect you for your brain. The geeks do inherit the earth. And I'm telling you, friends, if you're feeling shitty... Things get better. It's true. Um, I really want to get that, that in there on this day. It's a, it's an important one to me. This is a this is a human rights and equality of life issue to me. Um, and it's you know again, I got bullied when I was a kid, and I got to tell you, I'm having a lot of fun now. Um, what else? What else? What else? What else? Do you get any announcements? I can't think of anything else. No, well, I think, and, and I think Brasco's going, we don't need more announcements, just, you know, <laughs> roll this thing over, <laughs> because I got other news coming up, and I got more shows to do. That's uh, quite true. <laughs> do you want to take us out, bro? Uh, sure. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. This is Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, joined, as always, by Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Been a pleasure to chat with you, and looking forward to doing it again next week. This is Dave Davies on Webcology. Oh.